Next on BYU Sports Nation, we walk the line for a Nashville party. The BYU Fan Fest hits Music City, USA. A lineup of amazing guests is set to join us. Kalani Sataki, Zach Wilson, Mark Pope, and many others. Plus, Nashville native Trevor Maddich of ESPN, Tennessee History 101, and Know the Foe, plus a dash of really, really hot chicken. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from the BYU Fan Fest in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, live from Nashville, Tennessee. Look at this. We are in Tennessee, and this is the reception BYU gets. Unbelievable. Your day-to-day play-by-play from the Fan Fest in the great state of Tennessee, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, May 18th, wherever and however you're connected, it's always wonderful to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Johnny Cash Museum tour guide, Jerem Jordan. I walked the line. Yes, you we, did. We went uh, to the Johnny Cash Museum yesterday. We've had some hot chicken at uh, Hattie B's. We've been rolling around town. We went to the Grand Ole Opry last night. Amazing. Nashville is unbelievable. This place is awesome. Am I peer pressured somewhat to say that? A tiny bit, yes. but it legitimately is awesome. <laughs> we also have elders here. We've got fan. I've talked to fans that drove up to four hours to be at this thing. This is awesome. And we've got a great guest lineup set today for you as well. It's, it's great to be here. BYU's going to play Tennessee three hours to our east in Knoxville. Perhaps they'll play Vandy one day here in Nashville for these fans. But uh, the, the BYU contingent is super strong. In the South, we know this, when BYU played Middle Tennessee State. Did anyone go to that game, 2014? Okay, yeah. There were 10,000 BYU fans there. You were there. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was my first taste of Nashville. Halloween night, walking up and down Broadway. Got a little bit weird. But on November (laughs) 1st. Yes, it does. But on November 1st. (laughs) In Murfreesboro, BYU snapped a four-game losing streak in front of 10,000 BYU fans who came from all around the area, and a large contingent of them are back here today. We've got an incredible show lineup, A-list guests over the next two hours, including BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, BYU football head coach Kalani Satake, the new basketball head coach Mark Pope, and ESPN's Trevor Maddich, who is a Nashville native, he among lives here. others. Yes, yeah. he does. He's one of them. That's great. <laughs> With that said, here are... Your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Baseball staves off a late rally from Santa Clara 7-5 last night in Game 2 of their series with the Broncos. Brian Sue, Casey Jacobson both went deep, solo home runs. The Cougars on a mission to secure the West Coast Conference regular season title. They need to win their regular season finale today at 1 p.m. Eastern, and then the Cougars need Gonzaga to lose to LMU either today or tomorrow. So root for BYU to win and Gonzaga to lose if the Cougars are to secure that number one seed in the West Coast Conference postseason tournament for the first time ever. And I believe they're playing as we speak on BYU Radio as well, so we'll keep you updated with that score. In the NCAA Regionals in softball, BYU beat Arkansas yesterday 6-3 in Game 1 to stay alive, but lost 6-4 to Tulsa. That ended the season. BYU finishes with a 30-26 record, won the West Coast Conference for an 11th straight season and 15 straight NCAA Regionals. Congratulations on another great season. An incredible run. BYU women's volleyball senior libero Mary Lake. How about this? Named to the U.S. Women's National Team 14-woman active roster. For week one of the 2019 FIVB Volleyball Nations League, Lake is one of just three players on the roster still with collegiate eligibility. 
making their international debuts with the U.S. Women's National Team. Week one in Bulgaria, game one against Belgium on May 21st. How cool is that? She's going to rep the USA in college? That's amazing. And Yoli Childs will work out for the Sacramento Kings on Monday. Childs averaged 21 points and almost 10 rebounds a game last season. Now, before we get to our first guest of this two-hour special at the Fan Fest, and the fans, I don't know, are you still excited? You still ready to go? Okay, just making sure. Let's welcome the third member of our broadcast team today. He's caught his flight, so that's a win. Jason Shepard is out with the people. Jason, how's the humidity, man? The humidity is high, but so uh, is the enthusiasm. Kind of out among the, the, the fan fest where all of the players, all of the coaches, you have BYU football, BYU basketball, Kalani Sitake, Mark Pope, they're all out here. But I'm hanging out here with the people who are kind of involved and, and responsible for making sure all this happens. I'm with uh, Seth Killingbeck. He is on the board of directors for the uh, National BYU Alumni Association. And Erica Bailey, she is the president of the Nashville chapter. Seth, I'll start with you. And then these are your kids, by the way, too. Oh, yeah. we'll, make sure, we'll make sure we get them on camera so grandparents are watching. There you go, Kensington and Clark. So, Seth, what's it like to have this going on and to have this type of environment here in Nashville? You know, it's awesome. It started, I guess, back with the MTSU game a few years back. And the, the enthusiasm is just high in Nashville. So to get FanFest out here east of the Mississippi is, is huge out in SEC country. We love it. Erica, give everybody an idea of, of what the fan base is like down here in the Nashville and surrounding areas in terms of the BYU Cougars. Yeah, here in the Nashville area, we have about 1,200 uh, BYU alumni fans uh, and members of our alumni association. But I know today we have fans from all over the South. We've got people here from Kentucky and um, Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, even some from Virginia. So we're so excited to have everybody here. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of people there enjoying themselves, being able to see these BYU players and coaches. And I know they're going to be really excited for week two of the football season because BYU is coming down to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. And I I know you guys are looking forward to that. We are. We're really excited. We've uh, started preparations for a big tailgate party. We've sold uh, well over 2,000 tickets already in May. We've got the national parks coming out to play a concert for the game. Um, we'll have barbecue. You can get your tickets through us with the tailgate. I don't know if I can say that. We're selling y'all T-shirts. And, Jason, we want to give you one of these. Nice. Y'all on the back, we've got our Tennessee TriStar logo with the Y in it because we're going to make Tennessee uh, – BYU country here in September. That's what I like, guys. Thank you so much for having us. We'll let you get back. I know you guys are busy. And, guys, I'll, I'll be uh, out and about in just a few minutes uh, with players and coaches. Guys, back to you. All right. Thank you, Jason. And we've got uh, a little barbecue going behind us as well. Yeah, Julian when, Riley. One in Tennessee. He's got, yeah, he's got the barbecue going. One in Tennessee. I'm surprised that meat hasn't been taken yet. Joining us now, our first guest of the day. Typically, it's a Maddich Monday, but it's a Maddich Saturday. Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football insider, expert, analyst, BYU national champion, and national resident welcome to the show man what's up trevor and welcome to my home yes to yes this is fun man yeah this is a great place i mean it, it's no longer a well-kept secret especially after the nfl draft a few weeks ago i mean people talked about who the star of the draft was what player what nfl team no the star of the draft was the city of nashville Amen. the energy the passion they turned out and you know what when the draft is over they spill into all the places and listen to all the music this is an awesome part of the world now you've performed have you not uh, musically yes i have here? where was as it? a matter of fact at a place that uh, a number of big stars got their start at the bluebird cafe yes, the, Blue the bluebird yes. cafe i sang okay. two original songs at the bluebird cafe and uh did the, you on the guitar Yes, but it was open mic night, and so the only talent you need is not to sing well, play well, or even write a good song. 
All you need to do is be able to write your name on a piece of paper and throw it into a basket, <laughs> and then you get to sing. And so I was so worried going into that because I'm not a musician. I, I can't sing. I can't play. I can't write. And my philosophy is if you know you can't sing, then sing. Sing joyfully. Make it happy. Yes. Right? If you can't sing but you think you can, that's where the problem lies, right? <laughs> so I knew I couldn't sing. But by the time my name got pulled out of the basket, there were so many people that were so much worse than me that I felt really good about what I was about to do. All right. Well, we'll probably try, try and drive by the Bluebird Cafe. Yeah, we'll drive by. We're probably not going to sing, but yeah. Uh, yeah we, no, no, no. Write your name on a piece of paper. If you don't, I will. <laughs> and now the and song stylings of the duo, Spencer and Jeremy. <laughs> yes. And we've been to Hattie B's for some hot chicken. Nice. And we, and we had the... Really, really hot chicken, which was probably a bad decision. We can't even say the name on the air, I think, on wow. TV. Wow. That kind? I don't know. If the, yes. That, that hot. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Been to the Grand Ole Opry. What else do we need to see while we're in Nashville? You need to go everywhere there is music. There's a section. You know, we know about Broadway. Uh-huh. There's a section called the Gulch, which is kind of down into the, to the left a little bit. And it is, it's another great place. But what you want to do is just poke your head in. My favorite place here is a place called Tootsie's. Okay. This, is, this place is not about the appearance at all. It's not about pretension. It's not about fashion. It's about music. And it's small. And it's got one little stage downstairs and one little stage upstairs. I like the upstairs one because that's where they play rock and roll. Okay. Downstairs it's usually country, which I'm fine with too. But, I mean, the the local music that gravitates all over the place, but especially to Tootsies, is astonishing. Now, you guys, were you at the Ryman yesterday? We were at the Ryman. What were you doing there? At we, the Grand Ole Opry? Yeah. Oh, you're at the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. We're at the okay. Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Good. The, the, the Ryman Theater is where the Grand Ole Opry used to be. Okay. Yeah, okay. and it is right across an alley from Tootsie's. And so the big stars, the, the Johnny Cash and Rosemary Clooney, the biggest stars used to perform at the Opry and then cross the street, have a few beverages, and play at the Opry for free during their break, or excuse me, at Tootsie's for free. During their break, then they cross back to the Ryman and do their paid gig again. <laughs> and... and uh, Willie Nelson and um, Patsy Cline wrote Crazy at the bar at Tootsie's. Wow. They were just there, hey, Willie, what are you, what are you thinking? Eh, I don't know. And they wrote Crazy there. And it's still right there. Tootsie's is an amazing place now. They do sell soda pop, juice, and they will give you a water for free. <laughs> That's important so, for our kind. Yes, yes. And so I, I, uh, I enjoy Tootsie's. Some rock and roll and soda at yeah. Tootsie's. That's right. Okay, it's on the list. Great stuff. Okay, let's talk football. So okay. BYU football starts with four Power 5 opponents. Of course, the first one's Utah, Tennessee, USC, Washington, three or four at home. Mm-hmm. BYU's the only team in the country to start with four Power 5s yeah. in a row. That's going to be a challenging first four. Yeah, challenging for a lot of reasons. One is that those are really good teams. Another is that, that it's physically punishing to do that. And BYU in the past, when they've started that way, has built up a bunch of injuries that then made a difference later on in the season. I think that, that 2017 season, which we will not speak of we in try specific not to terms, yeah. Trevor, yeah. Uh, that was a, a big part of it because they lost so many guys. And so if they can stay healthy, the thing about this BYU team is that I think they're competitive enough to be competitive in all of those games. If they stay healthy, now winning them would be unbelievable, Right. Uh, but I think they'll be competitive in all of them. And so they, with a chance to win. Now, the thing that fans need to understand is that if, if they come close but lose them all, does that mean they're bad? No. I think this BYU team will take a step up in their performance on the field. This will be a better BYU team than it was last year, and it, it will be clearly better. But the schedule shakes out so that it might not be apparent until we get into the middle of the schedule. Which of those first four, Utah, 
Tennessee in Knoxville, three hours away from here. USC yep. or Washington is the most winnable of those four Power 5 games. I'm thinking that the most winnable would be USC. The reason is, first of all, they're coming up from sea level, as is Washington, by the way. But their quarterback situation at USC is unsettled. They are rebuilding on both lines of scrimmage, and they're coming up to altitude. And people that think that that doesn't make a difference have never flown a small plane. <laughs> uh, you know, because when a small plane's up in altitude, it doesn't have as much power because there's not as much oxygen going into that, to that engine unless it's turbocharged and that gets into other stuff. The, and USC coming up there, it's going to be an environment that they are completely unaccustomed to. Um, and I think that BYU on the, on the offensive line will be very experienced and very productive. The defensive line will be really hard to run against. And I think that they will more than be a match for what USC will put out there at the line of scrimmage. And then I think at quarterback, I, I believe that Zach Wilson will be more productive in September than whoever the USC quarterback will be. Now, USC has advantages as well. They're extremely athletic in the skill positions. But I think that BYU has enough advantages that they could pull this thing off. I feel like emotionally the fans and even the team to some degree is really all in on Utah in that first game, which is great, right? Yeah. But what, what I feel like might get lost in the shuffle, and we've talked about this, is at Tennessee is the next week. I mean, that's going to be a big game, and most of these fans are going to be at that game. Right. It's going to be huge at Rocky Top. We, right. we, we can't forget, hey, at Tennessee the next week. Right? And if you've ever been over 100,000 people in that stadium, that is one of the great atmospheres in all of college football, Knoxville at Tennessee, Neyland Stadium. And it's all orange, right, with an occasional splattering of white. But there will be a blotch of blue up there that'll be awesome. And I'll tell you, that'll be the loudest group in the stadium that BYU gets a lead and keeps it, right? That Tennessee game is really interesting as well, though, because Tennessee is also rebuilding. And their big questions are on both lines of scrimmage. Their offensive line will be amazingly talented. They've got two five-star freshmen coming in this year who will probably start at both tackles. They've got a transfer coming in from Alabama who will be starting at center. But what this will mean is that Coach Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator, will need to put together, and Coach Sataki as well, stuff that will confuse freshman tackles. And they can do that. And that's one of the things that BYU needs to come up with. Who will be the pass rushers? We'll have a chance to really show what they can do against Tennessee. And so the, the Tennessee Volunteers, they're growing. They're doing better. Last year, they beat two ranked SEC teams. In, in on the way to having a much better season. But once again, BYU won't get pushed around on the line of scrimmage if they stay healthy. And if Zach Wilson, at quarterback, can be the guy that can make plays that we haven't seen made from the quarterback position on a consistent basis since that New Orleans Saints kickoff coverage guy, Taysom Hill, <laughs> uh, then I think BYU has a chance to be really competitive in that game and could pull it off, could win it. Now, Zach Wilson's coming off an 18-for-18 performance in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And so now the standard is set. If he has an incompletion, he's benched. (laughs) (laughs) Are you buying the hype for Zach Wilson approaching his sophomore season? Yes, I am. I am absolutely buying the hype. Now, what is the hype? When BYU fans look at nostalgic hype, they're talking about strings of All-American quarterbacks and Heisman Trophy contenders, right? So let's not put that on him just yet. But all he has to do is improved from not very good to pretty good. Because not very good has been the level of production, not necessarily the level of talent or the level of effort. But because of injuries on the, on the offensive line, but especially at the running back position, because of receivers that were really growing as a group and learning how to play the game with a lot more fight, 
the, the quarterback position wasn't able to maximize itself. And I think that, that Zach Wilson has the ability in terms of arm talent and moxie to be able to perform at a high level. But if his offensive line stays healthy, then he'll have better protection than we've seen in recent years. If the running back position can stay healthy, it doesn't, they don't need a superstar there. All they need is a, you got a little scorpion here on you. Let me get that Oh, on. thank you. For people watching we're, we're on TV. The, we're in the south, yeah. Yeah, Jerem had a creature there. I'm, I didn't want to get I'm not hit. used to that in yeah. uh, Studio B. It's about to bite you in the neck, and <laughs> you would have made a noise been... that you did not want to go out on the radio. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, the running back position has, has had epic injuries. But if they can just stay healthy, they'll have a rotation that will be effective. Uh, receiver, though. That position has a chance to go from one that m- has made me turn purple yeah. with frustration to one that should be a-, a huge strength. Because now, last year, for the first time in a long time, we saw multiple guys fight for the ball. Too often before last year, we saw the ball come down towards a receiver, and there's a defender there, and if the ball landed where the receiver was, he'd try to catch it, and if it didn't, oh, well, there's a defender. No. It's a fight for the ball. That's my ball or no one's ball. And it has to be a junkyard dog going after the last bone in the yard every time that ball comes down. And we saw that more out of guys last year. And those guys are now the leaders of this team. They, all but two of the, the main receivers from last year are back, along with All-America candidate, I believe, tied in Matt Bushman. And so when you put all that stuff together, he doesn't just have one go-to receiver. Now, he's got a bunch of guys that can do stuff, and if Bushman continues to grow, and if Aleva Hifo continues to grow, then it means that the quarterback, Zach Wilson, will have better people around him than any BYU quarter, if they stay healthy, any BYU quarterback in recent memory. And that will maximize his capabilities as a guy that has already shown that he's got the moxie and the arm talent to get things done. I- I'm excited for this season. As are we. Great stuff. You fired us up. That's right. We'll be back in the state in 112 days for BYU at Tennessee. So. And you, you guys mentioned that barbecue back there. Here's what I want you to do as an example of the receivers. It's your ribs or <laughs> no one's ribs. Don't fight for that. Get the junkyard dog going, I love it. man. Let's go. Okay. Good Trevor, to see you, Trevor. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, us in Nashville. Thanks, awesome. guys. Welcome to Nashville. Coming up, quarterback Zach Wilson is here. How's his shoulder surgery recovery coming? And do you have any burning questions for him or any of our guests? Submit those, hashtag BYUSN. But first, the new head coach of BYU basketball, Mark Polk, takes time off of the recruiting trail. Or did he? Either way, he joins us here in Nashville. This is BYU Sports Nation. Went to Africa recently. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Still themed episode plus. Should we trust Kiki Solano alone in Studio B while we're gone? The answer is no. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Live from Charlie Daniels Park in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, a two-hour Saturday special from the Fan Fest. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You can always listen to BYUSN on demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show. It's simple. BYUSN.com and experience. BYU Sports Nation, whenever you want. Our question of the day, we leave up to you. If you have any questions for any of our guests, send them in. We'll ask a few of your more compelling brain busters to our A-list guest lineup. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And joining us now is our second guest of the day, the new men's basketball coach, Mark Pope. Welcome to Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Up, Mark? I, li- hey, I like meeting with you guys in Nashville. We should do this more. But, yes, yes, this is great. great. Let's great. go over the whole country, right? Outside, fresh air, beautiful part of the country. Let's go. Now, you played at Kentucky against Tennessee in Knoxville. 
course, against Vanderbilt in Nashville. What are your memories of this place in this state? Well, so I love Nashville. Man, I love it. I love all types of music, but I love country music also. So it, I, I love being here. I've actually spent a lot of time here, uh, both in college and then in the NBA. We played a couple of exhibition games here and had great memories here. So I love this area. But what I remember is if you go to Vanderbilt, so Vanderbilt's got a different gym. It's different than anywhere else in the country, I think, where they still line up the teams on the baseline. The benches are on the baseline. It's unique, yeah. So my junior year was my first year playing at the University of Kentucky. We, um, we, we go in uh, playing at Vanderbilt with the University of Kentucky. We're sitting, and I was a sixth man, so I was the first guy to sub in. And Coach Patino yells at me to go check in the game a couple minutes in the game. And I stood up, and I had no idea where to go. Because <laughs> the, the court is raised, so there's no scores table. So I just kind of looked around like this, which is really how I looked most of the time I was playing on the court, too. I didn't know what to do. No, it's a great, great, great memories here in, in Love Nashville. <laughs> Get in the game, Pope. I don't know where to go. <laughs> okay. Uh, describe the first month or so of your tenure as the BYU men's basketball coach. Ah, uh, it's been. You know what? Uh, it, you, the great thing is, it's just I've never got so much rest in my life. Uh, I'm really caught up on all on all the. Actually, so that's a little sarcasm. <laughs> so I am with. This is so embarrassing. It's not the most embarrassing thing that's happened last month. The most embarrassing thing was my my first pitch at the baseball game. But the second most embarrassing. Do we have a video of that. Should we, can we roll roll the, roll the video, please? <laughs> I just can't believe we didn't have it in like closer up. Like all the film I have is too far. Anyway, so second most embarrassing moment I had was literally yesterday. So my wife Leanne and I flew in here yesterday evening, and right before we went to uh, the Grand Ole Opry, which was amazing, was we so stopped cool. at Mission Barbecue. Okay. Okay. And now Mission Barbecue is the only reason we went there is because there's no Bam Bams in 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 Nashville. Yeah, you try but, and find a, an right, equivalent because right? there, there's no there's nowhere that competes with Bam Bams. But but we went to Mission. It was great. And we're sitting there talking, and she just, off the cuff, she's talking about some of the great comebacks in sports. She's talking about Tiger Woods winning the Masters. And I was like, wait, Tiger Woods won the Masters? Mark, you didn't know. Tiger Are Woods won the I kid you not. Like, I swear, I was like, <laughs> that is not true. I made her prove it to me on the phone. <laughs> so you asked me what my last month has been like. That's what it's been like. Wow. I could not believe that Tiger Woods won the Masters. This is incredible. He's back. I've been waiting He's for back. this for like 10 years, and I missed it. I can't Delayed believe reaction. it. Delayed reaction. Yeah, so, I love it. There you go. That's, it's an authentic reaction. <laughs> yes, he did it in early April, a month ago. <laughs> Uh, do you feel more mental heat as the head coach or more actual humidity heat right now? Uh, I love this humidity, man. It's like this, <laughs> it's like this, this, this heat, and then the, your, your body sweat just wraps you up in a blanket. The, like, this is home for me in a lot of ways. So I, I, I love the humidity. And, and, and the pressure of being the head coach at BYU is, is uh, certainly the, the most pressure I've been under as a coach, and I'm so grateful for it. I mean, that's what you live for. You live for an opportunity where people can really – uh, you know, where people care that much, right, where, where it can go really good and go really bad. And, and uh, certainly BYU is a place like very few others to have that opportunity. So I, I dig it, man. Let's go. Yeah, you embrace it. Yes. And that's unique. Why do you embrace it so well, much? I don't know if that's unique. I mean, that's what, that's what all of us players and coaches do, right, is, we, is we're looking for the biggest stage to play on. And, and certainly the fact that I get to be – on this stage with you guys is archetypal of the stage that we're on at BYU, right? And so, uh, you know, we're really excited. we got a lot of work ahead of us. We know there's going to be some, some tough roads ahead, but, but at the end of the day, we're going to get somewhere incredibly special. And, and i got a roster right now with a bunch of seniors, and I do believe from the bottom of my heart that seniors do magical things, man. I really believe that. So we're excited to get to it and see what we can get done. Perhaps one of the reasons you didn't know that Tiger Woods won the Masters is because you took a recruiting trip to Africa. 
Yeah, maybe that. I don't it's, know. I don't know when it happened, but yeah, we did. Spent ninety. Well, tell us about the trip. It's pretty incredible. Well, I'm not. I don't know. I'm you not can't say the kid's name, yeah, yeah. but so, just about the trip. Yeah. So I mean, the trip was pretty simple. I, I traveled for 27 hours, and that's not layovers. That's 27 hours, and then got to a home visit, uh, which was different than any home visit I've ever been on before in terms of like uh, no electricity, no running water, and having to go through uh, two translators to get from my language to the language that I was speaking. Uh, was there for 90 minutes and then traveled 27 hours back. But here, here's the thing. That's what recruiting is. Recruiting is 99.9% wasted time and 0.1% of the time you, you really get the job done, and that's what makes for a great roster, right? So it, it was an unbelievable trip. Uh, hopefully it's one of many. Um, and, and it could be a trip where you travel 27 hours for a 90-minute home visit or where you travel five minutes down the street and have a casual conversation that you're having on a regular basis. A 27-hour visit, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's, just, it's, just, it's just really it's identifying the guys that, that, that are dying to come play at BYU that, that feel like they fit with me and with his university. And if you can find that, you just kind of search and search and search. And when you find those guys, that's when, then when great things happen. So that's what we're searching for. Now, one of your assistants, Chris Burgess, recently joined us. He mentioned the roster is still shaping out a little bit. There are a few players the staff's looking at with one true center on the roster. Is that the position of focus in recruiting for the next season? Some size center in that number five spot well we, we, listen we, we need we need we need size of course we also need people in the backcourt you know uh, right now probably our one true true point guard on this roster is tj and tj's graduating and it's, we, don't, we don't have someone sitting in the wings right now that that is like uh, been groomed to take over that spot we need some athleticism at the wing uh, you know there's a lot of things that that we need just like every program right we're, we're all searching to kind of uh, build our roster Ultimately, what we'd like to have is a team that's really, really deep. That's kind of one through eleven, that are that are that are you know big time able to compete at a really, really high level, and have a couple guys, probably a couple guys that are that are sit out guys. Uh, I, I found that that's a really healthy roster that's manageable. Everybody feels like they're a part of it. And you got and you got guys waiting in the wings that have trained for a year to come. So we, we kind of look for something like that with our roster, and we'll get there. Um, we're really excited about that, but we're also excited about this group we have right now to see what we can do with these guys. Okay, let's finish with this. Uh, you all in on your Milwaukee Bucks winning the How NBA about title? these Milwaukee Bucks? What? Are you kidding <laughs> Two me? 2 nothing Eastern Finals. Let's go. I mean, just getting it done. The Milwaukee way, right? No glitz, <laughs> no glamour, just like hardcore, hard nose. Let's go, right? Uh, <laughs> One tweet from ESPN the other day, the last Eastern Conference final team. And perhaps, since you didn't know that Tiger won the Masters, I don't know what else you don't know. Yeah. So ESPN <laughs> sent out a tweet and they said this was the starting lineup for the Bucks the last time they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And you were on it with well, your nice flat top. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and there was a reason for that. Here's the reason. Because when you put Ray Allen and Glenn Robinson, big dog, if you remember, one of the great, great, oh, yeah. great scoring forwards yep. of all time, and Sam Cassell, one of the great point guards of his, his generation, uh, all you wanted was two other guys that would run around and kind of just try and play as hard as they could. And you volunteered. Space the floor. Yeah, and it was me. And, and the other thing with that, I've told you guys this before, but the other, the other key to that, to my opportunity at Milwaukee, uh, was because George Carl, who was one of my dear friends and one of the great coaches ever coached this game, he wanted to sit down at the start of a game, okay? And he wanted to look down at Phil Jackson or Doc Rivers or whoever, and he wanted to look down and say, I'm not only going to beat you today, I'm going to beat you playing that guy. <laughs> and so it was a beautiful combination about having these incredibly talented guys that did all the work and having a coach that was totally insane, lost his mind, and I got to play on that team, and it was really special. It was an unbelievable run.
Oh, fantastic. Hey, go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Come go on, Bucks. let's go. Bear the deer. Go Bucks. Go Cougars. Yes, yes. Let's give you some <laughs> karma for the road, for recruiting, for the offseason. Go get it done, man. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, Mark Pope with us on BYU Sports Nation. Still to come, linebacker Zane Anderson, guard TJ Haas, and soccer star Elise Flake. But next, that's my quarterback. No, really it is. Zach Wilson joins us to update his shoulder, surgery, recovery, and look ahead to the 2019 college football season. This is BYU Sports Nation. And why he's wearing number one. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> The Nashville Fan Fest rolls on from Charlie Daniels Park in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Let's keep things moving on BYU Sports Nation as we rejoin our Swiss Army knife of a reporter, Jason Shepard, who has tracked down some locals with BYU ties. I'm here with the quarterback, Joe Critchlow, who just happens to be from here, from Franklin, Tennessee. I'm also with Harris Lachance, who served his mission here in Nashville. So if we're going to be here in Nashville, we got to go to some guys that know about this. And I'll start with you, Joe, since this is your hometown. What is this like to have the BYU Fan Fest in your backyard? This is so cool. I, I grew up to going, going to events hosted by the, the alumni chapter here in Nashville. It's great to be home with a lot of great friends and family. This is an awesome opportunity to touch base with some great fans and great people. Well, and you know what the BYU fan base is like down here because that was you. That's right. That was me. I, I grew up a huge BYU fan down here in Nashville, and it's, it's great to see so many other kids that have the same dream that I had to, to come to BYU one day and, and play football for the Y. Harris, now you were here about a year and a half ago for when your mission uh, came to an end. Is it my understanding this is the first time you've been back? Because you're seeing a lot of people coming up and giving you high fives and hugs and everything. Yeah, it's so great. This is my first time being back, and it's a dream come true, honestly. I, I dreamed about it when I was on my mission playing for BYU, so it's really come full circle now. What do you think of this type of turnout, to have this many fans, everybody decked out in the, in the BYU colors here? Man, it's so amazing. It means more to me than just football, honestly. It's it's a lifestyle. It's, uh, it's a family here, so it's awesome. Guys, I, I know in order to do this interview, I had to take you away from your fans that wanted the autograph. So I will let you get back to that. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Sure, guys, back to you. All right, Jason Shepard with Joe Critchlow and Harris Lachance. We now welcome the BYU sophomore signal caller, quarterback Zach Wilson to the set. Zach, welcome to the show, What's up, man. Zach? Fun to get on, so I appreciate you guys having me. You bet. Okay, so what do you think of the power of the BYU brand when you come to Mount Juliet, Tennessee, and you see this type of reception and welcome for the stretch Y? It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm talking to some of these people, and they're like, yeah, we just came from South Carolina. And I'm like, geez, that was worse than our, our commute to get here. And so <laughs> it's crazy people want to drive so far to come to come see us, and, and it really means a lot that the BYU community can stretch so far, so it's cool to come see that kind of thing. Nashville's unique. Uh, three hours east of this is Knoxville, where BYU will play in week two. Uh, the first four games, all Power 5, and those those are going to be fun. At Tennessee's the one Power 5 road game, mm-hmm. uh, so these fans are going to be there. This is going to be a fun experience. Yeah, I know I know these guys are excited to come see it. I mean, every single one's like, you better go get that W out at uh, UT, <laughs> so um, I'm excited just for the atmosphere. I know this is a huge college town, especially Knoxville, and you know, there's be hundreds of thousands of people there, so it's going to be a, an awesome experience for us. Now you're you're of a different breed. You you kind of thrive in these situations. Yeah. A hundred thousand plus. It's <laughs> going to be all orange and white. How do you process and and uh, when you think about what that's actually going to be like? Yeah, I mean, there's there's not another experience you could you could dream for. I mean, me and Diane were talking about it over there. Is um, you know, if if you really want to be a good player, you're someone that really shines. It's in the spotlight when there's when there's that many people watching. I mean, the people that break down are the ones that can't handle it. But uh, 
you know, these guys are excited for it. And I know I am for sure. I mean, it's an experience of a lifetime. Um, I know we'll never experience that. And a lot of West Coast teams definitely don't get to experience something like that. So uh, that's the benefit of being independent right there. It's quite, kind of wild that Tennessee's in week two, but we don't really focus on that one. We're thinking about the first game, exactly. obviously, with exactly. Utah. And I know after last year, being up by 20 twice, we've talked about what happened. But that is, it feels like that's fueled the preparation for this season. Like, this offseason is better because of how you guys have reacted. Do you feel like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, every, every break we're giving at practice is, you know, beat Utah. And that's, like, the main goal. And, uh, of course, coach, coaches don't want us thinking about weeks past the first game. But luckily, because Utah's the first game, we can, we can kind of just prepare just for that one. And so um, that's definitely what full preparation is going into is that Utah game to make sure guys are going to come out and be ready. And um, I guess the focus is it starts now, and it doesn't start fall camp. It starts now to, to, get, to get going on those guys. And it feels like it's been going since the game, honestly. Yeah, right? exactly. It has. I mean, it's definitely one that um, hit me hard, and I, I don't want that same feeling again. I'm definitely going to make sure I can do any, anything I can do about it to, to make sure we get it done this time. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's, let's address what happened yesterday. So Barstool Sports took a tweet that someone said saying, oh, Zach Wilson switched from 11 to 1 because that's going to be the streak of wins versus Utah. You tweeted, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. that. That went viral on social media. It was really funny. Yeah. But that's not the reason you switched to 1. So what's no. the reason? So I switched back to 1 just because that was, my, that was my high school number. That was the number I played with when I was younger. Um, Love the number 11, but it just wasn't my choice, I guess. I was kind of just given that because I hadn't proven anything since I've been here. But um, I kind of went back to one just because I kind of felt like that was my, my swagger number I had back in high school. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people might say that's the, that's the number that kind of shows you you're kind of a cocky kid or whatever it is. But I think if uh, you have to, if you wear number one, it means you got to prove something. So I want you to um, wear number three in a couple of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, th- we'll think about it. Then. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll address yeah. that when it comes Just to Just nothing that. on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I think a lot of people, understandably, uh, are concerned about your recovery after shoulder surgery. So what's the latest on that? How close are you to being 100% and throwing at uh, you know, the velocity you want to throw at? Yeah, so I'm about four months out of surgery, and a lot of people with the same kind of surgery I had um, had a hard time even being able to throw the ball you know, 20 yards before surgery. I mean, luckily I was able to keep playing, but um, you know, the surgery and everything has gone well. I, I definitely say I'm above average. It's not one of those things you can kind of just say – you know, I'm ahead of schedule. I'm going to push further. I'm going to do more than I can. You know, you kind of just got to let it heal and you got to be patient. So even though I'm feeling better, the mobility's there. I kind of just got to take it slow. And so I'm about four months post-surgery. And um, the goal now is to just slowly, progressively work into throwing. And so um, I'm hoping within the next month or so I'm feeling pretty normal. And then, you know, having a good two and a half to three months before the season starts just to, you know, get back into the rhythm of things and build those connections with my receivers and just get fluid and comfortable. So I feel like I haven't missed a whole bunch. Spring ball seems like it was such a, a long time ago, and things have faded down since then. And um, guys are going to need to pick up with offense again and, and um, learning it all again. So I, I don't feel like I've missed too much. Um, it definitely is something that makes you reflect and, and, and really value how, how much you really love the game of football. I mean, I always think to myself, like, dang, I want to be out there playing so bad. It sucks to sit here and watch. And so this isn't something I'm going to take for granted, and I'm going to make sure I get it get it right and and uh, I'm glad I got it done now just because I think it'll be so much better than I was in the past and I'm hoping uh, this will benefit me. There's a couple of grad transfer running backs who will join the team which is exciting Emmanuel Supa and Tyson Williams what kind Mm -hmm. of addition do they make to the team? Yeah huge addition I haven't I haven't met Tyson a whole bunch but uh, Soup has been uh, working out with us already. Even as a nickname that's great. Yeah Soup that's what we call him (laughs) that's our guy but um, he's a great he's a great dude he comes in and works hard you can tell he's all about the 
the football aspect, he definitely takes it seriously, and that's, I think, someone we need on the team. I know both of them are going to be a huge, huge contributors to what we got going on. I think they're going to fit perfectly. So um, Zach is a great running back, but it's good to have that, you know, you can't have one running back. They just take too many hits. They get beat up. and so We, we saw that in the Utah game, exactly, right? Exactly, and yeah. they're all a little bit different, too. And so um, I think it'll be good to have a mixture of all three, and I'm glad that those guys will come in. So. You hold yourself to an incredibly high standard. And, uh, for example, I mean, you go 18 for 18 in the bowl game, and during pro day you said to me, it's not even my best game. And I was like, <laughs> mind blow. Okay, yeah. well, uh, what does that mean it wasn't your best game if you were 18 for 18? Yeah, I mean, just going back and watching the film, there's just little things I think I can personally clean up. I mean, whether it's I'm completing a pass, maybe there was a better pass I could have made on the field, or, you know, there was a couple times I got out of my progressions when I should have stayed on. I mean, the Utah game was probably a better game for me as far as as far as my progression and staying calm in the pocket and, and making the right decisions because for one the defense was a lot tougher. I mean the, they weren't they weren't leaving guys wide open all over the field. I mean Utah was a much more sound defense and so I think that was a game that was good because it was a great confidence builder, but it's something I can I can reflect on and still watch the film and be like, okay, I still need to progress and get better at these things. I can't be with content of you know, even though I completed all my passes, there's still so much better I could have done on that field that day. All right, Zach Wilson, great to have you in uh, Mount Juliet in Nashville, man. Hope yeah. you enjoy your trip. Yeah, of course. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Okay, he's number one, people. He's wearing he's number, number one, one. <laughs> at least for now. Yeah, next year, number number two. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall's like, we knew it. We knew it. Okay, yeah. uh, thanks, Zach. Thanks, I appreciate buddy. you guys. Thank okay. you. Okay, coming up, how much do we know about the Volunteer State? We'll talk. A little know the foe. Oh, okay. The leading scorer from BYU Women's Soccer, Elise Flake, joins us why this 2019 team is ready for something special. They won the conference championship again. Yes, they did. Take that next step. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU fans everywhere. Regular season finale for the number 24 BYU baseball team is on BYU Radio right now at Santa Clara. Good luck to the guys who hope for a win and then a Gonzaga loss today or tomorrow for the outright conference championship. The West Coast Conference tourney is next week. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with a taste of something we tasted in Nashville, Tennessee. Really good. Most of it was excellent. Yeah. Some of it may have permanently damaged my stomach wall. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, that, uh, that's uh, still being determined. Hattie B's, famous hot chicken in Nashville. We ate something called burn notice chicken, Jeremy. Good show on uh, USA. You know, I saw a couple episodes. I like. Uh, now, here's the thing about this. It's like dry rub and spices. And yeah. so when you first take the bite, like 15 seconds in, you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't, this too isn't bad. that bad. Yeah. It's what it's happens later. for the remaining 20 minutes after that yes. that really makes you question why you ate that. No, it, no, it was good. And you and I tried a really small piece. We did uh, some mild and some with no real spice. But it was, it was really good. We've been told that. I know that Jason wanted to, um, wanted to get some hot chicken. He wasn't with us that night. But we'll have to, we might have to hit it up again for him okay. or just let him take the rental car and go God, by himself. We have to cater to Jason. Yeah, we, well, we always do. You know. <laughs> yeah, so that was really good. And thanks to the BYU alumni chapter uh, heads there with, uh, with Seth and Brad and Erica who took They're us great. out. That was really fun. They're They've been in charge of this whole thing. By the way, baseball update, bottom of the second, 1-1. One, one. Oh, 1-1. One, one. Okay. BYU's got to win. Gonzaga's got to lose at least yep. one of their final two. Live on BYU Radio. 
Joining us now, our next guest, an elite goal scorer from oh. BYU Women's Soccer, Elise Flake. Welcome. How, how do you Love like Elise. this reception? Thank you. Yeah, this is awesome. It's been fun. How do you like the wind? The hair's kind of going everywhere, <laughs> but it's okay. What are you play soccer. A you nice, know what? You, nice you've, handled, you've handled much harder yep. things. Yeah, give us a taste of what this is like for you because you go out and BYU soccer plays all over and you get a ton of fans to show up to the games, but... This is something else when you come east of the Mississippi like this. Yeah, it's awesome. I've already seen tons of girls with soccer shirts on. They're always excited to see us and every every team, so it's fun. Yeah, what's been the highlight of your trip thus far? Uh, well, all we've done is the Grand Ole Opry last night. That's about all we just got here last night. That was super cool to see Kelsey Ballerini and a com- couple other people. That was fun. You're supposed to say this interview, Elise. <laughs> well, now it is. Now it is, but up until this She's point. She's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last season, we've talked about this a little bit, but you scored six goals your first two seasons, then 14 this last year to lead BYU. Uh, what changed for you to be such a more dynamic goal scorer? Yeah, I think um, a lot of different things just w- with me personally, like working on different things. Um, but I think mostly just having a different mindset where I need to be the goal scorer. And um, I just was focusing on scoring goals and being a part of every play. And so I think that just made a big difference. When, when did you realize, okay, I am the goal scorer. <laughs> I've got to I've got to show up every game. Because there comes a point where now the defense is scouting against you, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was, like, a specific point, but I think just as I've played more and more BYU, it's just gotten more, and I've had to score more goals and been in more situations. So. No, like, Ken, I got it. I got it. I'll score. Fine. <laughs> the last time we saw you playing on BYU TV was against the Argentine national women's team, a team that's going to play in the World Cup, for crying out loud, yeah. and you draw with them. So what was the thing that you learned most about your team in that unique matchup with Argentina? Yeah, um, I think um, obviously it was tough going down a goal, um, but we were able to get back on it and score um, to tie it back up. It was just super cool to play Argentina, and it'll be cool to watch them this summer too. I can't, I can't wait for that. Yeah, so. it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Uh, in the preseason, this team in the spring went 8-1-1, one, and one, this team being BYU. Yeah. You're going to be good again? Oh, yeah. Win the league, go to the NCAA tournament? Is uh-huh. that, that type of team again? Yeah. We only, only lost Sid and Liv, so it'll be almost the same team coming back. Plus all the new freshmen, we're super excited to have them start with us. So. Yeah, you bring up the two seniors that yeah. uh, you say goodbye to. Now there are seven on this year's squad. What kind of impact will that have on what happens on the field? Um, I think it's going to be great. We have so much experience, um, some girls um, in their fifth years as well, and so I think it's going to be awesome just seeing all the experience. Um, even the girls younger than me who played a lot last season, that's going to be awesome for them to step up as well. Um, I think just most of all experience, and we'll be able to um, – help the younger girls as well, and so they can step right in and be a big impact. So feels like the next big thing is uh, soccer camps for you guys. And I know my daughter's going to go to a camp. Yeah. She's really excited about it. Um, that's a big deal. You get a ton of people at those, and, and a lot of you guys work that, right? Yeah. I'll be working every week, so lots of sports come <laughs> this summer. Crazy tan, right? Oh, hopefully. <laughs> I don't get that tan, but hopefully. Yeah, you know, just make sure you protect your skin, yep. okay? We want to get you ready and healthy for the season. Yep. Uh, what are your aspirations for soccer after BYU? Good question. Uh, I haven't made any, like, decisions yet what, what I want to do, um, but I've thought about it a lot, so hopefully in the next few months and over the next season I can decide more. Okay, we well, see players like Michelle Vasconcelos in mm-hmm. Chicago and – Ashley Hatch, who started in North Carolina, now she's in Washington. Yeah. What are they telling you as uh, you might think about playing in the NWSL? Yeah, um, they love it. They talk very highly of it. It's super awesome for them. Um, I know Murphy and Ash have had great experiences. It's so fun. I actually went to the game last week when Murph came here to play, 
and she got in. It was awesome to see her play. Just super cool environment, super cool lifestyle. So. And after having a baby, no less. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Which is crazy. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma as uh, you move forward okay. as you approach the 2019 season. To get season. super tan during the soccer <laughs> Yes. Game. That's yes. our main aim. Survive <laughs> the children at summer camps. Yeah, survive my child. It's in. <laughs> And uh, I think we've got one of your big fans standing behind us right now wearing one of those soccer oh, awesome. t-shirts. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Speaking of those soccer t-shirts, yep. great stuff. Elise, it's nice to talk to you. Thanks for Thanks, hanging Elise. out with us. Thanks, Thanks guys. Okay, coming up, Zane Anderson, TJ Hawes, Brenna Chase, and Kalani Satake all on deck. Hour number two on the way with our A-list guest lineup. We are live in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Charlie Daniels Park, just outside of Nashville. We're coming back with more BYU Sports Nation and an update from BYU Baseball not too long as well as they pursue a West Coast Conference Championship. This is BYU Sports Nation. That went down to Georgia, bro. Yes, he did. Live from Nashville in the great state of Tennessee, we welcome you back to our Fan Fest. Two hours spectacular on a Saturday from the Volunteer State. This is awesome, man. And I, I want to set, set the record straight here. Set so it. At... Captain underscore Strongo tweets in, Psh, Spencer and Jerem only had mild at Hattie B's. Cowards. No. No, we had the hottest one. We we ate mild we as our main say course. the name yeah. on this channel. Okay? We yeah. can't. It's not BYU TV appropriate. It is not. That said, it did say burn notice. So we had a bite of the hottest. Yeah. Like my mouth was on fire We're, for 30 minutes after. Yeah, maybe he's calling us out for not... Just eating that, okay. But our but main no course one just was, eats that. Come our on. main course was the medium for me. I yeah. had the medium. Yeah. Okay, want to want to clarify that? Okay, clarified. Okay. You set it straight. A guy who hasn't eaten any Hattie B's chicken is joining us now. Yeah. on set, Jason Shepard tonight, perhaps. Yeah, let's keep bringing that up. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are we bringing it up on uh, you know national television, I also have the texts and pictures you guys sent me from there. <laughs> yeah, just in case, you know, it's fine. <laughs> okay, we're in Tennessee. We'll make Nor- it up to you. <laughs> when we play know the foe, we're always in Utah. But we're in Tennessee, and let's play a little know the foe about Tennessee. All right. BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation. Do you know the foe? Do you know the foe? All right, Chef, what do you got for us? All right, I get to be the ringleader here. Yes, All right. yes, yes, yes. Which of the following is... Who's going? Uh, we're going to start with you, Jerem. Okay. Which of the following is not a famous Tennessean singer? Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, Aretha Franklin... Or Justin Timberlake. Ooh. Not a Tennessean singer. I'll go Aretha. Okay. Spencer? No, I think Aretha. I think Aretha has ties. Um, well, they just played the <laughs> button, so now you know. <laughs> yeah. Yours yeah. is at a three. Now, now you know the foe. <laughs> no, no, this was given. So I, I'm using context yesterday of a conversation I had with one of the locals who said that uh, Aretha Franklin came back to Tennessee for a concert, so I immediately ruled her out. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, she's got ties. I know Justin Timberlake is from Memphis. Yeah, he's in Memphis. Yes. He's from Memphis. Okay. What are the other two? Uh, it would be uh, Dolly, Parton. Dolly Parton and uh, one Kenneth Rogers. Rogers. Oh. Gotta know when to hold him. Hurry up! We hurry, yeah, hurry we up! Have like three minutes in the segment. Let's Dolly go. Parton. It is Kenny Rogers. Oh, okay. Come All on. right, next. Spencer. This you one's first. yours. Which of the following is not a Tennessean president of the United States? Andrew Jackson, Andrew Johnson, John Tyler, or James K. Polk? No, Polk is a Tennessean. Andrew Jackson is a Tennessean. I'm going with uh, what was option three? 
Uh, John Tyler. John Tyler. Let's both answer. Uh, Tyler as well. Yeah! Okay. There we go. All right. Okay. True or false? Coca-Cola was first bottled in Tennessee. Jerem, this false. is false. Well, let's both go. You guessed oh, well, I guess true. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is true. Oh, okay. First bottled in 1899 in Chattanooga. Okay. Chattanooga. The, the, the wow. headquarters are in Atlanta. I thought it would be Atlanta. Yes, you would, you would think or so. Wow. Yeah, you yeah, would okay. think so. Okay. All right. Okay. Spencer, which of the following city, which of the following cities has not served as the state capital of Tennessee? Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> you got to love state, state capital trivia. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Knoxville, Kingston, Memphis, or Murfreesboro? Not served as the state capital. Memphis. It is Murfreesboro. It's Murfreesboro. Oh, nice. It oh, is Murfreesboro. Middle Tennessee. Yes. Do we have uh, what? What is the uh, what is the score here? I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think I have two, it's, and Jeremy has one. It's whose line is it anyway? The okay. score doesn't matter. All right, two more. Which sport does the University of Tennessee have most national championships in? Women's basketball. Yeah, of course it's yeah. women's. Pat Summit. Pat Summit. Pat, Pat Summit. Come on. But I mean, it was like it was just like yeah. that. Yeah. I was in Pat Summit. Lacrosse. Candace no. Parker. Plus. Shout out to Candace Parker. And yeah. by the way, they have eight. Track and field has combined for seven. Okay. And football has six. Football has six. Tennessee has six national championships. The last one was with T. Martin. 98. T. Martin. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. All right, last one. Last one. Spencer, which of the following is not a sports team in the state of Tennessee? (laughs) The Tennessee Smokies. We know that is one. Yes. Chattanooga Lookouts. That's that's also a team. Knoxville Ice Bears, because you think of ice. What? And the Chattanooga Choo Choo's. The Chattanooga Choo Choo's, not a team. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah! Nice. Choo Choo. Look, I'll be honest. The Chattanooga Choo Choo's makes sense. It does. That makes a lot of sense. With all of the fun names they have for minor league stuff. The Ice Bears? The Ice Bears. The Ice Bears. What are you going to do? I don't. I think we're done. Are they That's on the snow-capped mountains of the Smoky Mountains or something? Like, I no, no offense. These are hills, okay? No offense to anybody here. No one, no one can hear me. Okay, good. Are when we really going to get some hot chicken later? Yeah, sure. Yes. Today or whenever. Yeah, whatever. It's not happening. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, guys. Know the photo. That was great. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Appreciate it. Coming up, free BYU Sports Nation. Hour number two is coming up next. Yes, it is. T.J. Haas, Zane Anderson, and Kalani Satake, the head football coach, all on the way. Yeah. The Nashville Fan Fest broadcast continues after this. We'll make the reservation at Hattie B's. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from the BYU Fan Fest in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. And Jerem Jordan. What it is, BYU Sports Nation is live again for Hour 2 from the Nashville Fan Fest, your day-to-day play-by-play in the Volunteer State. Yeah. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, May 18th. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. What do you think of Hour Number 1? Oh, Hour Number 1 was great. It's, it's so fun to be here. We've been in Miami, east of the Mississippi, but we haven't been anywhere else. And this is a real taste of the South in Nashville. So much culture. A great food, great music, great sights. This is a lot of history here, right? Tons to do. This is a great spot. I, I didn't realize how awesome this was until we've been here the last two days. Yeah. This is fun. We're thrilled to be here, and the alumni group great out here has showing done, here. done an awesome job. Yeah, and, sure. and 
all the activity is kind of up the hill here, but there's been, uh, I would say, a thousand plus here. I mean, this is we've been to a fan fest the last three summers, at least one. Corona, Las Vegas, Mesa. Yeah, so this is our fourth fan fest. This is as good or better than the ones we've been to. This was awesome. This is more humid than the others, that is for sure. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. It is like, you know, mid-May. Luckily, we're in the in shade Nashville. Here, yeah. Yes, and there's yeah, the a little bit of breeze. Are a little bigger than the ones in Utah. Yeah, I'm waiting to see a lightning bug tonight. Right, here's what's on tap for hour two. The Zane train. Zane Anderson of BYU football is going to join us making that transition to linebacker TJ Haas. Returning leading scorer for BYU basketball, Brenna Chase, leading three-point shooter for BYU women's hoops, and Kalani Satake, the head football coach, all on tap in hour number two. Great stuff. That's it? That's, are you, That's are you it? not impressed? Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's do go. headlines once again as well. BYU baseball. You missed it. Staved off a late rally from Santa Clara 7-5 last night in Game 2 of their series with the Broncos. Brian Sue and Casey Jacobson both hit home runs of the solo sort. Five different backcats drove in runs. The Cougars on a mission to secure the West Coast Conference regular season title. They need to win today against Santa Clara. That game right now on BYU Radio in the bottom of the third. It's tied 1-1. Gonzaga also needs to lose one of their final two games, either today or tomorrow, for BYU to be that solo number one seed, something they've never done since joining the West Coast Conference. And BYU will be in the West Coast Conference tournament yes. regardless, so yes. it would be nice, but it's not the end of the world if they don't, honestly. In the NCAA Regionals, the softball, they beat Arkansas 6-3 in game one yesterday, but lost 6-4 to Tulsa. That ends the season. BYU, 30-26, won an 11th straight conference title, 15th straight NCAA regional. Another fantastic season. BYU women's volleyball senior libero Mary Lake, named to the U.S. women's national team, 14-woman active roster for week one of the 2019 FIVB Volleyball Nations League. Lake is one of just three players that has remaining college eligibility to make her international debut with the U.S. women's national team. Week one in Bulgaria. Match one against Belgium on May 21st. That is so cool and really validating for Mary Lake. Oh. She's, we've known she's legit. Now she's crazy legit, right? And Yoli Childs will work out for the Sacramento Kings on Monday. Childs averaged 21 and 10 last year. Joining us now on the set, the Zane train, Zane Anderson. BYU football linebacker. It's still weird for me to say that, Zane. And linebacker and, and not safety. And it's fun that we're talking to you because that means you're going to play this year. Last yeah. year you were a senior. You thought, this is it. And then you get the red shirt because yep. you get hurt. So now you're back. We're going to play in Tennessee in like 112 days. Oh, man, it's, it's really surreal. Last year being a senior, you're like, this is my last year. I'm coming back for again, like looking at the schedule. Like I remember last year I was looking like, dang, that's a fun schedule. This year I get to play in it. So, um, no, man, I'm so excited. Let's talk about your injury. So, were you injured versus Arizona in the first game? Yep. Uh, so, what happened? I was on a blitz. Um, I came under a lineman. He grabbed me from behind. It was, it was kind of a cheap little thing. And I reached <laughs> for the quarterback, Quilte, and uh, popped out right there. And it was kind of a minor sublux. But um, I kept playing through the games and stuff. And um, finally, I guess, Wisconsin, I was warming up. I could barely throw a football. And I was knew something like that was kind of wrong, but I'm like, hey, we got to suit up against Wisconsin. Um, so that game, it was killing the whole game. But um, after the game, I finally got an MRI, and it came back. It was, it was torn all the way around and stuff. So it was pretty messed up, but um, I'm glad. You know, everything happens for a reason. I'm excited for this year. and It was, it was rough, man, sitting last year watching those guys play. And I mean, obviously, you're cheering on your teammates and stuff, but 
man, I've, it's been a long time since I've been on the field. I'm excited. Yeah, your patience will be rewarded. And at least you've got wins over Arizona and Wisconsin in your senior season already. Mm-hmm. More than any of the other you're, seniors you're can super, say, right? You're a super senior. There are a lot of these people, right, <laughs> on campus. Senior. Now, you're telling me that you had basically torn everything in your shoulder, yet you were able to lift your hands and intercept a pass from Alex Hornibrook, which was the only turnover in the game and the difference. <laughs> That was a big play. Yeah, man. I mean, you know when adrenaline kicks in, I think you can do a lot. <laughs> in that game, it was adrenaline was in the whole time. And um, just from everyone, I just think back to that game, and there was so much determination that we were going to win. And I just think that just like took like took over. I didn't even feel the injury during the game, you know. So. Did you jump around after the third quarter? Oh yeah. Of course, you have to <laughs> at Camp Randall. My left arm was up. Your <laughs> left arm was up. Nice, nice. You do what you can. Okay, you played at Camp Randall, one of the most rambunctious college football atmospheres in the country. You're going to play at Neyland Stadium, three hours away from here in Knoxville, in early September. What's that like for you uh, to go into a, a place like that with over a hundred thousand fans screaming against you? God, man. I mean, I honestly, I love it. I think, uh, I think a lot of my teammates can say the same thing too. That's it's kind of what we came here to BYU. We're independent schedule. We play these big schools, and it's kind of we love to play on big stages. And this is probably one of the biggest stages we'll play on with um, Knox or in Knoxville with 100,000 people. But, I mean, that's what we live for, man. I mean, I think there's nothing better than going into a stadium with that many people and uh, showing what we got. And so, man, I'm just so excited. And I mean, having the stages like uh, Wisconsin, we played at great venues in Nebraska. I've kind of seen it all, and so. I think it's it's uh, it's always fun to go in new stadiums and uh, show them what BYU is about. In some way, perhaps the upperclassmen are prepared, and it's hard to say. Yeah, you're prepared for a hundred thousand, right? But in a way, kind of, right? The, yeah. This, with the schedule you guys have played. Yeah, and and with the guys that's been here before, we've played at big venues before. Um, this will be different for sure, and every every place is different, but it all comes down to the same thing, you know. It's when you're down there. I I don't know. I've always told people that like, people are always like, does that is that when the, like, when there's tons of people, does it get crazy? And Like, you know what? Like, I kind of just tune it out when the game comes. And, and so the atmosphere, obviously, is amazing and stuff, and it gets electric. But, like, when it comes down, you're just, you're just playing football. So, What's the latest on your recovery status in terms of how close to 100% you are? Oh, I'm good. Uh, the only thing right now is I'm, my shoulder's good. I'm healthy. I'm just trying to get my weight back to where I was before. And it, it's coming back. I've already, when, after surgery and everything, you can't lift. I, I lost about, like, 15 pounds. And so now I'm back to where I was before, and I'm just trying to get back even more to that linebacker, kind of more of a linebacker. Even last year I was a little light. I was playing around like 218, 216. So I want to get to about 225, okay. a few more pounds. So. so is that where you want to play at the next level, or are you kind of open to safety or linebacker or whatever? Because I know you want to keep playing football after BYU. Yeah, I'm honestly open to whatever. Um, whatever the other the NFL teams want me as or – I've, I've, I've played safety, I've transitioned for both, and I think they're both fun in different ways. Linebacker, there's a lot of action, but safety, you get a little more coverage and stuff. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm transitionable. I can, I can lose weight if I need to. I can, I'm put, I've shown that I can put on some, I can gain some weight. So, but um, no, man, I, I think they're both fun in different ways. So, I think your timing's perfect. The red shirt rule last year, if it had been a year earlier, you'd be done. Yeah. Right? Um, the four game thing. And then the XFL is coming into play. Hopefully you're in the NFL, but there's going to be an opportunity there. AAF bowed out. But, right. yeah, your timing's good. So your, your timing was good on the interception against Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> your timing's just great, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell us a little bit about um, how you perceive these first four games. We, t- we talk a lot about those first four because BYU is the only team in the country to play four Power Fives in a row. There's an opportunity to showcase this program. 
with this schedule always. But those first four, you're playing some games where if you win, you're going to get noticed. How do right. you see that? No, it's it really is so true. And, like, those first four games, they're crucial to our season at the end. You know, we, we, our whole schedule is a tough schedule. Um, but those first four games are really rocking. That's what we're preparing, preparing for right now. Um, we're in the weight room because <laughs> those first four games, it's going to get it's going to get rough. And um, when it comes down to it, um, we just need to stay healthy. And you do that by preparing in the weight room and um, getting rehab and stuff. And so I think that's really crucial against these four big four teams is staying healthy. And um, but no, man, those it's it's so exciting. I wouldn't want any other way than to play these really good teams coming up. I mean, this is what really what we live for, and this is why I came to BYU and. Um, it's time to go show, showcase what we're about, you know. And I think that we have the squad to do it this year. And Zane th- Anderson with th- us. Three or four at home. How awesome Yeah, is that? that's the thing. Three, three of the four three power four fives at home. at home. And you also had Boise State to that home slate. BYU has been kind of strangely not as strong as they have been in the past on their home field. So where does, you know, protecting Lavelle's house rank on your priority list? Oh, it's huge. I think um, that was something even, even last year was our focus as one of our team goals is to protect protect uh, Lavelle's house and um, I, we still didn't do that to what we kind of wanted to and so that's one of our, that's one of our big goals again this year because it's crucial to kind of get that home momentum and um, I think we have the place to do it and we have the fans to do it and um, no man it's exciting for everyone the fans your family everyone that's close to have these these home games here and so um, we gotta we gotta take it at home and win these games at home they're crucial Defensively, there's a lot of talent coming back. Someone's lost. Uh, Corbin Kafusi, Sioni Takitaki. How do you feel like replacing those guys is going? Um, man, it's, it's hard to replace those guys. They're, uh, as you can see, Sione, third round. Uh, Corbin would have gone up there too, but without his injuries and stuff. Um, but um, you kind of, I don't know if you learn to replace them, but um, it's, it's tough. Like, you got Devin down there, and Devin's looking up to his older brother, but he can do it. Um, at linebacker, Isaiah kind of stepped up last year, obviously. And there's some other younger guys that have came in and that are going to step up. But um, with those type of guys, it's you got to replace them, you know. And they were crucial to our defense last year. And so I think that um, we have the guys to do it. Um, we just got to put in extra work. Um, so There could be three Kafusis on the field. Or two. Yeah, how about yeah three. That? Again. Yeah. There could have been four last year. How do you anticipate uh, that middle linebacker position will shape out? Like in game number one, who do you, who do you anticipate will be making plays next to you and Isaiah Kafusi out on the field? Shoot, man, I think that's uh, that's kind of up to discussion right now. And we're, I was talking with the coach, and he's like, "Man, we've got some guys who are going to play it," and because I'm like, "Who's going to be playing it?" Because there's a lot of guys that we can trust and stuff too that I've seen it. I mean, in the spring that I was watching and stuff. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I I don't know if I can say that right now I think there's going to be a lot of competition for that position right now it's um as there is for the bow and the flash I mean we've got Chaz and Keenan that just came from his mission and they're they're really really good linebackers and so I think we have a bunch of young guys right now and the future of BYU linebackers is really good I feel like middle has never really been an issue there's always been a guy right and then there's dynamic guys on the outside linebacker is the position I don't worry about it just really is. Yeah, well, it's you the guys outside guys about that make the middle linebacker job easy, right? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you had Sione last year. He would he played a lot of Mike. He played inside a lot. Um, that he made that transition in the season. He kind of moved around and stuff. And I think we have a lot of guys that are like that, that are versatile. Um, maybe if I put on my weight, I can get up down in well, there. The last two draft picks have been Fred Warner outside the middle, Sione outside the middle, right? So maybe yeah. just 
Yep. Nudge, nudge Ed a little bit there. Yeah, exactly. Got us on the way first. So. <laughs> Give us an idea of, uh, I, I think the fan base and a lot of the media are hopeful that this is going to be an improved BYU team, that seven won't be the mark, but that it'll be eight plus, because we saw what Zach Wilson can do. Um, give us an idea uh, uh, among the team how much hope you have in the success of the team. Obviously, it's a team game, but QB's got to be good, and it sounds like Zach Wilson's a good one. Mm-hmm. No, I think um, we have a lot of offensive starters back, and uh, being on the defense, I, that gives me a lot of confidence because I saw those guys play last year, and um, they're really good, and they're getting really good. Um, just this off season, I've been in a lot of off seasons at BYU and stuff, and um, this is an extremely motivated group. And we're all working really, really hard. And, like, I've seen that in the past with guys that are working hard. But as a team, I feel like we're collectively, like, working together towards, like, this really great season. And, um, man, we're going to shock the world. Like, I am so motivated. And, like, I haven't been this motivated before since I've been at BYU. And um, it's just exciting, man. It's electric. And the schedule, I think it kind of gets that motivation. Um, it kind of brings that hard work. we got to work harder than because this is a harder schedule. And so I think everyone kind of has that team focus, and um, and, then, and it, that confidence comes from Zach and that offensive starter. I think our offense is going to be really good this year, along with our defense. We have returning a lot of guys too. So, man, I'm confident that this is going to be a good squad. So the electricity is Sweet. real. Sweet, the electricity is real. Can it be right three now? days and not a hundred days? <laughs> yeah, Zane. Uh, first and foremost, we're so glad that you're healthy. Look forward to a fantastic scene. Let's give you some karma to uh, get that weight gain going, man. Get to your 225 or whatever you want to be at. Yeah, let's do it, man. I got, I got to get up there. So. All right. Thanks, Zane. Yep. Thanks, Zane. guys. Coming up, Kalani Satakian, one of the Splash sisters, Brennan Chase will join us. But first, he's accomplished something no other BYU basketball player has ever done in a season. TJ Haas and our stat of the day up next. Hey, uh, Kyrus, you, uh, you get any more room on the swing for me? Yeah, you can sit on the, the armrest of my lap or whatever. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, it's a Nashville-themed episode. Plus, should we trust Kiki Solano alone ever, let alone in Studio B while we're gone? No. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation. Simulcast typically on BYU TV and BYU Radio, but the baseball game's happening on yeah. BYU Radio, so let's update. update the score right now. Bottom of the fourth, 1-1. BYU <sighs> needs a win for a chance at the outright conference. Cougs got to win. Gonzaga's got to lose at least one of their final two for BYU to be the number one seed in the West Coast Conference postseason tournaments. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our next guest is a BYU Sports Nation first team all WCC player. I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah, we says. don't care what the coaches voted. I don't care what anybody else says. We'll get to him in just a moment, plus a very intriguing stat of the day. But first, Jason Shepard has insisted that he interject in this moment. Jason, what do you have for us? Are you us? on the swing with Kyra? Yeah, I, uh, we actually found a, a bigger swing where both of us can fit comfortably, so it's not awkward for Kyrus. <laughs> Look, I don't know if Kyrus wants me to tell this story. But he saw a BYU fan out walking around that was clearly really hot and thirsty, and he walked over and gave her a bottle of water. Look, Kyrus, you will tear people apart on the football field, but you are a big softy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, no, I just, I just felt bad because I, I was dying under the tent, so um, I, she just looked like it was just super hot, so I just ran over and gave her some water, so... 
It was cool. It came to know her. Her name was Grace. So There we go. Awesome. Just a big softy over here. You were telling me this is your first Fan Fest. You were not at the one in Mesa last year. What do you think of the Fan Fest? Uh, I love it. Tennessee has been uh, good to us so far. We've only been here for, I guess, just a whole day so far. Uh, but people are super nice. Uh, they've been nothing but great to us. So we love you here. Well, and uh, you guys are going to be back here in a couple of months, week two against Tennessee. How excited are you? Got a couple of months before, obviously, you know, fall camp gets underway. But how excited are you and the guys just to be able to get back out and, and obviously get ready for the season? We're super excited. Every day uh, we're working hard towards our goals um, and just being better than what we were yesterday. So we're, we're going out every day in practice. We have uh, that mentality, that mindset, and we're excited for the season. What people can't see is all of uh, his teammates just a minute ago were taking pictures of Kyrus and I on the swing doing this interview and giving him a hard time. We'll let you get back over and, uh, and see what they have to say. Thanks, Kyrus. Appreciate it. Sure. Thank you so much. Guys, Kyrus Tonga, a man of the people. Oh, man. He's going to be drafted next year. He's really good. I love his hairs, too. Like, I just keep doing your thing, Kyrus. Keep doing your thing, man. All right. Wreck fools in the backfield. Joining us now, as promised, and again, he's a first team all West Coast Conference player. Uh, it doesn't matter. To, uh, to it doesn't matter I don't, we don't care what the coach show. Say, we don't care. He also produced our one of a kind stat of the day. It's the BYU TJ Haas is the first BYU player to average at least 17 points per game and five assists per game in a season. No one's ever done no that. No one's ever done that. He's the first. TJ Haas did it in his junior season and wasn't a first team all West Coast Conference performer. Really? Really? Come on now. He's probably moved on. We have not. No, and we won't. We're going to bring that up for a while. TJ Haas of BYU <laughs> Basketball now with us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Saturday What's BYU up, Sports Nation special. Thanks for having me, guys. Dr. Haas, great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> How's uh, Tennessee so far? It's been really fun. Uh, we went to the Grand Ole Opry last night and... Just a great country vibe, and uh, it's been a blast so far. We were talking about how awesome that experience was. The music was incredible. The performance, the venue, it was, it was awesome. It was beautiful. I loved it, and uh, I had a lot of fun with the guys, and it was a good time. Yeah, the old-timey presentation, the live billboards and the live uh, yeah, advertisements. Yeah, live on the radio. It was yeah, cool. it was so, so cool. It was very cool. It was cool. really cool. All right, TJ. Um, boy, what an off-season for you already. A month into the new Mark Pope tenure. Um, let's rewind a little bit. Take us to the moment you found out that uh, the coach that recruited you primarily was going to retire, Dave Rose. What was that like for you? Uh, yeah, a lot of emotions, um, but uh, I'm super happy for Coach and, you know, for the, all the things that he accomplished while being here at BYU um, and happy now for his future and, and being able to spend time with his family and grandkids and kids. Um, but I'm super excited for the changes that have happened and um, – I think there's great energy in this program right now, and uh, we're looking forward to the future. How much did you interact with Mark Pope when he was at BYU previously? Because I think he his first year was when you were on your mission maybe or something? No, so he recruited me in high school, and uh, I thought we had a great relationship, and it was while I was on my mission that um, he left to take the UVU job. Um, but, you know, I love Coach Pope, and I'm really excited to be able to play for him. He says, uh, bring joy to the gym, right? So much energy. How does that find its way into the team? Uh, you know, when he brings that energy, he brings it every single day, no matter where he's going, no matter what he's doing. Uh, he has great energy, and um, that's contagious no matter what. And uh, it, it's helped guys in their workouts. It's helped guys uh, in everything they're doing. And there's just renewed energy in the whole program. 
So rewinding to the final game of the last season, and I know that that it was unique and really it was horrible because it's collectively the worst game that BYU basketball played all year, and you had to end on that. But I've been talking to the guys, and and there's this idea that, yes, as low as that was, it has shaped everything for the offseason. Why is that? Yeah, you know, that's a hard game to to end on. Um, uh, You know, after all the hard work and the the progress that we had made to – you know, to finish on, on that note wasn't wasn't very fun. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's great motivation for the guys to, you know, to work hard this, this offseason and, um, you know, make sure that doesn't happen again. Your only child's uh, going pro, going to play. Hopefully it's the NBA, G League, you know, Europe, we'll see. Um, 20 points per game are gone, so how many more points per game do you want to average? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. We're, we're definitely, we're going to miss Yoli, but... Um, I think we have great pieces on this team, and I think we're going to be just fine. We just chronicled the uh, 17 and 5, how unique that was. What does that mean? Do you have a season that's unique in BYU history? Uh, it's definitely cool. Uh, the stats I really care about are the wins and losses. Um, so any way I can, any way I can help in doing that, um, I'm all game for that. And if, if that requires me to score or to um, facilitate or whatever it might be, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. What's the vibe of the team like right now as you do run with the, the new guys? I mean, you've got new transfers coming in. You've got some guys leaving, uh, whether it be early for the draft or for other reasons for transfers. What, what's the vibe of the team like right now, and what's the makeup? So we, we just started workouts, um, and the workouts have been great. Uh, I think everyone has enjoyed the workouts and uh, feel that they're great for us uh, to get in shape and to get better as basketball players and you know to have this new coaching staff there's there's new ideas there's new you know um, drills there's new everything really and so uh, it's a great opportunity for each of us to really soak it all in and learn and you know coach pope he he has a lot of experience and he understands the game extremely well and so to be able to learn from him and um, and listen to his advice has been has been exceptional who wins in one-on-one right now between you and tyler <laughs> I have to say me. Sure, right? <laughs> have, have you guys played one-on-one a bunch? I no, mean, recently, it, growing up probably? Yeah, it, it's been a long time. It was it was more right when I got home from my mission that we probably played the most. Um, and? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's the all-time leading scorer. It's okay. He's pretty good, right? He is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you give him that. He's pretty good. Yeah. Tell us about this staff because uh, there are actually some good players on the staff, right? In, in the past, sometimes it's like the coach the coach, but these are guys that can shoot and play a little bit. I don't think Mark's playing a ton, but but Chris Burgess and Cody Feger and Nick Robinson, wow. Yeah, no, they, they can play. And, and and like I said, it's it's great to have guys that, you know, they, they really understand the game really well um, and, and they're – uh, they're relentless, and they're in the gym, and they, they want to help you in any way to get better. And so um, if, if you want it, they're they're all there for you to, to take what you want. It's kind of messed up that they uh, that they shot the assistant coach for the the window without Office. Nick Robinson. Did you hear about this? <laughs> so Figure and Burgess shoot for it, and yeah. Nick's not around. That's kind of messed up. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair at all. <laughs> DJ Oz with us on BYU Sports Nation. Only player in BYU basketball history to average at least 17 points a game and at least five assists in a game. Yeah, pretty impressive. For an impressive. entire season. Yeah. Like, no one else has done that. That's really impressive. Uh, TJ, I know that you have your eyes and sights set on making the NCAA tournament. That's always the goal. What has to change for BYU to get there in terms of 
on the court play? You know, I, I think it's just a matter of taking care of business every day. Uh, and I think it's taking it one day at a time because, you know, it's easy to look towards the end of a season and say, okay, we need to have this many wins and uh, we need to beat this team and this team. But really it's 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 taking it day by day and, and that starts right now in our workouts. And I think if, if we can have every day mean something um, and have that mean something going toward that goal of going to the NCAA tournament, we're going to make it. How tough do you want the schedule to be next year? Because you're already in the Maui invite, which is going to be incredible. Those teams, that place, of course, on ESPN, that's going to be cool. You already have a bunch of kind of return games, you know, in the mix. So do you want it tougher than it already is, or do you like what's setting up for next year's schedule? You know, I, I think it's the joy of college basketball is playing in, in cool arenas and playing in hostile environments. Uh, it doesn't get better than that. And so, you know, schedule those games. I, I, think, they're, I think they're a blast, and I, I'd love to go play. Uh, the best of the best. Let's get one with Vandy or Tennessee. So Absolutely. Come back, right? yeah, come, come awesome. back to the volunteer the state. That'd yeah, be absolutely. Awesome. Hey, glad you got to make the trip out, man. Thanks for taking some time for us. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. TJ okay, Haas. Go beat Tyler in one-on-one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give you some karma to do that. Yeah. BYU Sports yeah. Station karma yeah, for good the luck. one-on-one win against Tyler. Don't let him pull up from 12. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, TJ. Coming up, head coach Kalani Sitaka will join us. How's preparation for Utah coming? And what is BYU women's basketball doing to take the next step, keep that NCAA tournament momentum going? Brenna Chase, she's out of the car, and she's ready to shoot, Jerem. Splash sisters. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, live from Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. This is Nashville, the Fan Fest, Mount Juliet, Charlie Daniels Park. Now, now I want to mention something. So there have been seven BYU football players from the state of Tennessee all time. Yes. All time. Yep. Okay. Uh, one of them is Joe Critchlow. Okay. He's here with us today. And then there were the Bradys. Not the Brady Bunch, but the Bradys. Okay. Mike Brady, mm-hmm. Mark Brady, Steve Brady. We know... Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Steve Brady's son, Zach, used to work at BYU TV. So three of the Bradys. Lloyd Smith. Uh, Dennis Simmons. Dennis Simmons. The, uh, he's a coordinator for Oklahoma now, right? Is he the OC? Yeah. He was the wide receivers coach. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jeremy Gibbs and Joe Critchlow. So seven all-time. So it's kind of unique, right? Yeah, Tennessee. We're here. And we pointed out all the BYU football players. If we missed anybody, you, don't, you let us know. Someone's like, in 1947. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. I, I missed that one. Uh, we have a question in on Instagram from Chloe Bugs for our next guest. Yeah. Brenna Chase of BYU Women's Basketball. One of the Splash Sisters. Brenna, welcome to the set. What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. How, how are you uh, enjoying Tennessee and the humidity here? It's amazing. It feels so nice out here. The breeze is amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a tender mercy. And, and how's the reception been up the hill now? Oh, great. Everybody's so nice, and it's it's nice to have a lot of fans here. I feel like a lot of women's basketball fans up here. So, Well, you made a lot of fans because of what your team did, and uh, you specifically did in the West Coast Conference Tournament and in the NCAA Tournament. Now, Chloe Bugs on Instagram asks you this, Brenna. Will Brenna Chase make the most three-point shots of any player in 2019-2020? I mean, I hope so, but there's a lot of competition up there, so we'll see. Okay, you made 88, which was more than Shaley Gonzalez with 54 and 51 with Paisley. I have a feeling those two want to take more threes next year, though. Is that yeah. okay with you? I mean, I hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> you shot 250. Yeah. That was, uh, that was almost 100 more than both of them. You want to keep that going? You're yes. like, hey, I'm the senior. Yes. I got to shoot. Like, give me my. 
I'll shoot when I'm open if there, I'm open. That's a good answer. <laughs> that's a good answer. Have you come down from the hive last year? Because you guys really took BYU or Cougar Nation by storm, and people rallied around your team, and, and you win the WCC title, and you win in Spokane, and you win a game in the tourney, and you, you play a great game with Stanford. That was a very memorable season. How have you kept that momentum going? Um, I think that we all just weren't satisfied, and so we want to do more next year. So, yeah, we're, we're still on that high from last season, but we want to bring it into this season and make it even more special. How do you do that? Um, I think we do that by, well, our team is so young, so now that they have experience under their belt, I think it helps a lot. But Jetty's a great coach, and I know that this year, you know, he's going to prepare us even better, and this offseason we're going to work even harder than we ever have just to kind of get to where we want to be. What did you learn from the Stanford game? And have you rewatched it since you played it? Yeah, I actually watched it for the first time last week. It took me a while because I was kind of upset. Yeah. But um, we learned a lot from that game. You know, we learned that we can hang with a team like that, but we have to put four quarters together against a team like that. We can't slack at all. And I think that third quarter really hurt us against them. And so we kind of learned that if we can put four quarters together against a team like that, we can do something really amazing. One of the keys to getting through that second game is just being a great seed. So you play a team that's worse, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this team was a seven seed, tying the highest seed ever. Do you want the schedule to be tougher so that you're maybe in a position to be a higher seed? Yeah, and um, I'm pretty sure this next year's schedule is a lot tougher. So it's exciting to kind of see who we play in the preseason. Hasn't come out yet, but um, we've heard a couple names, which is exciting. And I know that we can have a better RPI this year, which can give us a better seed. You know, you could come back here, right, and play Tennessee and Vanderbilt? That would be awesome. Tennessee would be, totally would be legit, down. right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the Splash Sisters would welcome that, right? Yes, they of would. Course. Do you like that nickname? Is that the official nickname of I the trio? I guess so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shaley, Shaley put that out there, and it stuck, so we'll take it. It has stuck. Jerem's bought into that hard. I love it. Yeah. yeah. does. No question. Yeah. No question. <laughs> Brenna Chase of BYU Women's Basketball with us on BYU Sports Nation. I know it's not an officially stated goal of the program, but it, we all know that to take the next step, you want to be in a position where you have a high enough RPI and see that you could host the first two rounds of the NCAA what, tournament. What is it, top four seeds? Top seed? four seeds. Okay. Mm-hmm. What has to happen? in in order for BYU to be at that level? Um, We've talked about it a little bit, but definitely that preseason schedule has to be a lot tougher. And then I think another thing for us is we dropped a couple games last season that we shouldn't have dropped, and we can't lose those this year if we want to get that one through four seed. So. And Sarah Hampson is not playing volleyball, right? She's just going to play basketball, so you'll have her in that first part where maybe you stumbled a little bit, right? Exactly, yeah, and I think it'll be really good for Sarah to grow and progress this summer, to be with us all summer, to kind of focus on her craft, and it'll really help her become a special player next year. Two people gone, Caitlin Aldridge as a senior, Jasmine Moody comes back, mm-hmm. uh, but Dan Nielsen to Utah Valley, one of the assistant coaches. Uh, what, do you, what do you want to say about Dan Nielsen going to UVU, and then we don't know the new assistant coach? Yeah, well, um, Dan's great, and I love him. I'm sad he's leaving, but um, I totally understand why he needed to do this for himself, and I can respect that and be happy for him. And obviously it's it's a sad thing, but I think it's good for him and his family, so I'm excited for him. And then as far as the new coach, I have no idea. So it'll be interesting to see who Juddy brings in. I'm sure whoever he brings in will be great, and you know, I trust their judgment, so I'm excited. How are you a different player now as you approach your senior season compared to when you were brand new to the program as a freshman? Oh, well, actually, a lot has changed. Um, I feel like definitely confidence-wise, it's gone up. And IQ-wise, I would say I've gotten a lot better because that has been the most important thing for me as far as fitting into Jetty's system. You have to have a really high IQ. And definitely in college sports, it's, it's a next level. So, 
What's taking more of your time, your preparation for next year or for your wedding on August 22nd? <laughs> um, I'd have to say they're a little even. My mom's helped me a lot with the wedding. So. But definitely have to focus on basketball still. It's exciting to get married. But, um, you know, he wants me to do well, and I want to do well, so I've been in the gym a lot. Tell me there's at some point, at least in, like, one of these photograph shoots, that you're in your wedding dress shooting a three-pointer. This has to happen at some point, right? <laughs> I'll see what I can do. That, yeah, that sounds great. That's awesome. Yeah. Brenda Chase of BYU Women's Basketball with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, you lose, Bridgeron brings up Caitlin Aldridge. Who, how do you replace a player like that? Because she was kind of off the radar, and then all of a sudden she was like this integral part of BYU winning a West Coast Conference championship, and now she's done as the graduate transfer of sorts. So how do you replace that? Uh, I think Kate's irreplaceable. You know, she's got a special place in all of our hearts, and she's such a great player and teammate. So it'll be interesting to see who Juddy brings in. I mean, I think we'll have a couple good players coming in, and it's exciting. And I think Bobloo can step up, or Signe, or even Jasmine at the four position. And she's got a nice little three-point shot, so hopefully she'll take it a little more. I, I guess I shouldn't call her a graduate transfer. She just had a, an extra year of, of eligibility. Yeah, we thought she was a senior, but she has a second year. Yeah, it's like Zane, where it's like, you're a senior twice. Yeah, yeah. Super, super senior. senior. Yeah. Super senior. <laughs> I think I was that academically. I don't know, yeah. Brenna, uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. To survive the summer, it's yeah, going to be crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. It's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Congratulations on everything. We look forward to another fantastic year. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Brenna. Okay, our question of the day, we leave up to you. If you have any questions for any of our guests, send them in. Uh, we've already asked uh, Brenna Chase if she's going to be the leading three-point shooter, and she said yes, kind she's, of. She said yeah, way more than <laughs> Shaley and Paisley. Okay. Now we go to one guy that might lead BYU in rushing this year. Lopini Catella. He's with Jason Shepard. That's right. I'm here with Lopini, who, in, in talking with Lopini, he was telling me, just like Kairos, this is his first fan fest. So now that you've experienced your first fan fest, what do you think? I thought it was really cool just to see, you know, Cougar Nation out here in, all the way in Tennessee. Just how, like, constant the fans are coming in and out, seeing the support we have around the country is really cool. Well, and you and I were talking. One of the things you said was, you know, it's not just in this area. We've had families that have driven four or five miles just regionally to be here. It really does speak to the power of BYU. Yeah, absolutely. I think at least, uh, like, everybody we talked to came at least an hour or, if not, like, four, three or four hours. It's just really cool to see, you know, how, how much they're willing to sacrifice to come out to, to be here with us and so it was really cool to, to experience that what do you think of this humidity it probably reminds you of being back in independence missouri for your uh, for your mission right yeah it's it's nice to to not have a white shirt and tie on now <laughs> so that's one good thing but uh yeah for sure the humidity just hit us right when we came out the plane so uh there's been a couple additions to to the running back core over the last uh, couple of weeks in terms of, of of guys coming in from other schools what do you make of this of this group it uh it looks pretty potent yeah, for sure. It's it's nice to have that competition, uh, the extra, you know, having the extra guys in the room just push us to, to be even better, and I think we're looking really good. Lopini, thanks for the time. Well, uh, let's get back over to the teammates. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Lopini Katoa, a.k.a. Zach. It's both, A.k.a. Right? the running back. You, the, you yeah, know, I I, I'm excited for Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Isupa. And Lopini Katoa. BYU needs all Sione of them. Fina, they, they, don't, they need all of them to Kavika survive the schedule. Fo, uh, Fonua, all these guys. Be, what we saw in the Utah game is that you can't just rely on the one running back. Matt Hadley goes down, and there were already injuries to Squally Canada and others. But that was tough. You need depth of that position against this schedule. All right. We're moving on, and uh, we've saved perhaps the best for last. Coming up, Kalani Sitake. He's the head ball coach. He'll join us next. 
How is BYU football getting better right now, as in this spring and summer, and the countdown to the Utes is on. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU fans everywhere. Right now on BYU uh, Radio, BYU Baseball playing Santa Clara, regular season finale for the Cougars, bottom of the sixth, 1-1. One, one. Good uh, luck to the Batcats. Come on. They probably need a win in this one to have a shot at the one seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament, but they have qualified, which is great. Uh, they will play in that tournament in Stockton, California. Lock your doors next week. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, or Studio Nashville, I should say. Yes. I love it. Mount Juliet in the Volunteer State. Beautiful. It's, it's great to be here. The it's breeze so is amazing. Great. Like this, it's great to come it's east awesome. of the Mississippi awesome. and see that the the stretch Y and the brand and my this is my favorite logo right here, the one you have the on the Beat Digger Cougar. I've heard that. Yeah, um, that's my favorite logo. That BYU is the brand that we all think it is still in 2019. Yeah. Very valid in Tennessee. Absolutely in Tennessee. Wait, Trevor Maddich was on. He lives here. We came to him. We mainly came for him. We need to go to Tootsie's now <laughs> yeah, and experience sure. some music. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's where we're going right after we're, this. We're on that after this broadcast. Joining us now is the head football coach of Brigham Young University, Kalani Satake. We've saved the best for last, coach. What's up, <laughs> Looking Kalani? Looking fly in the How sunglasses, doing, man. Oh, I, I got to take them off. Yeah, that's right. No, no, you don't so have to. If you no, want, you want them on, you can keep them on. Okay, you do, I'll do that. Listen, you do what you want. <laughs> You've earned yeah. that. You've, you've Trust that. me, this, if, if, if I could cover my whole face, I'd do it. <laughs> so this, I'm, I'm much more attractive with the sunglasses on. Hey, you're a food guy. <laughs> How's the food been in Nashville? Awesome. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good with my caloric count. I've been going over. Your caloric count? Mm-hmm. On purpose. A lot of spicy food. <laughs> yes, and, uh, so good. Carbs. This so I, good. I love them so much. It's the key to happiness, yeah. coach. <laughs> I Managing <laughs> expectations and food. Yeah. That was the Grand Ole Opry. That was pretty fun last night. That was cool. You guys were there. I yeah. Mean, I saw you standing up for West Virginia song. Yeah, I got cool. into that. Mainly yeah. because of Boney Fuller. I was, wanted to just yell <laughs> West Virginia, but yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so um, just being with the guys, you know, and seeing our fans. And I think just having an opportunity to meet them everywhere and, and um, just really nice. I, I, this is a, a really cool setting. and. Uh, we're going to have a lot of support, um, obviously, in, in when we play Tennessee. But um, I think we, if if we could, uh, there'd probably be a lot more than we thought would even be there. You know, that's um, I know I've heard fans saying that they're buying up tickets from Tennessee, and and uh, they've our, already sold twenty two hundred. Yeah, it's so, May, and they've sold twenty two hundred to be our allotment's almost done. So they're going to buy other other places. Yeah, bless you. So, <laughs> I knew Spencer was going to say anything, so I did it. <laughs> Typically, typically that's, a, that's an episode in Seinfeld or something. Typically, like I'd offer Less it for me. anybody else except for him. Yeah, yeah, that's very kind of you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Almost six years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've got a question in on Instagram from a BYU fan, Russ Dot Heaton. This asks, is our boy, Russ Heaton. Will Kalani Satake dance at the Fan Fest? Did you dance already? No, I didn't. No, will I was you? too busy meeting all the all the fans. He was dancing last night at the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> I dance. I, I'm going to dance when we win games. That's what I'm gonna okay. Do, so. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I like Looking that. forward to it. I like that. my moves. My kids don't want me to dance anymore. They think it's embarrassing for them. But you you're know. at that stage of being a parent where they're. That's embarrassed how I by, parent yeah. now. I, I don't. I don't threaten with anything, but I'll embarrass I'm you. I'm going to dance. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to embarrass you. You better listen to your Please mother, no. or else I'm going to drop you off at school, and then you're going to pay. You know, <laughs> I'm going to put on some 
I'm going to whip a Nene out there. <laughs> nice. Case, <so>. Nice. <laughs> uh, the first game of the season is Utah. And to mm -hmm. me, this is really fun because this whole offseason, you don't have to uh, act like you're not thinking about Utah. You are, right, for game one. So how has last year's game changed or affected the preparation for this year's game? I think it's done a lot, you know, and, and um, as heart-wrenching it was uh, losing that game and losing that lead, we learned a lot from it. And um, I think our players, uh, just looking at spring and the way we, we approached spring and seeing some of the guys that um, the way they performed in spring football, that was a huge um, benefit for us. Um, on, if you look at the opportunities there was to get back at them, you know, and I think uh, going to the bowl game, our guys, they're hungry for this game. And so I'm glad it's the first game. And I'm just looking forward to it. I, th I think our guys are ready to do it for it, and um, we got them at our house. And so, um, yeah, I, th I think this is uh, this is a moment where we, you know I think our guys are going to do really well, and they're hungry for it. I'm, just, I'm excited to see them play. How do you manage the emotional toll and the pressure that that game understandably brings, knowing that nine days later you got to come back to this state and play in front of a hundred thousand plus mm -hmm. at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville? Well, I mean. They give us a schedule ahead of time, so we look at all 12 teams on our schedule. And we're I thought you took it one game at a time. Yeah, Wait a no, minute. No, that's not how we're doing <laughs> it. That's, that's kind of been the past, but we're, we're really focused on the first game, but we know who our opponents are. We have all summer to prepare for all 12 of them, and so we have a plan in place. And, um, and then the, the primary focus will be on Utah, and then uh, we'll move on from there. But we... We're beginning an introduction to all our, our opponents before we even face them or before we even get to the prep time. And um, the bulk of our time, really, as we get closer to the game, will be on Utah. But and that, that wound is still fresh, so our guys are really excited about uh, some redemption and, and playing back at it. I mean, we, we respect Utah a lot and uh, looking forward to them bringing the best out of us in this game. And, you know, I think we made some adjustments, and, and uh, I know they have too, so it should be a lot of fun. The last uh, month, you brought in two grad transfer running backs, and Emmanuel Supa from Rice and Tyson Williams uh, from South Carolina. Do you expect them to make an immediate impact as grad transfers? Yeah, I mean, everybody that's on the roster is going to compete. And so uh, I think the, um, the, the difficult issue would be the coaches being creative enough to find an opportunity to, for all of them to get a, a good, you know, good bulk of reps and get a good evaluation. So uh, that will carry on from... You know, from uh, fall camp, we have a month to prep for the game, and so we'll see with the reps, and uh, we'll play the best guys. And um, but it's important for us to have depth as well, and um, that was a move to get get depth and get more competition, and we've done that in a lot of different positions. And um, I just want to be in a position that if we uh, need a backup or even a third string on the field, uh, that that person will help us win the game rather than just try to survive. Is this current BYU football team being? perhaps underrated, maybe a little undervalued? I don't care how it goes, man. I, we don't need any attention, and, and in order for us to get some, we have to do it on the field. And I've been really proud with the, what the guys are doing, with the service work and the, the being able to power through some of the stuff that they're doing, they're doing in school. Um, but, you know, I'm just really proud of them overall, and I'm, I'm excited to see them get on the field. So uh, I think, I think um, the time for us to be known will be better when we get closer to the season. A lot of excitement about Zach Wilson, and there should be, the way uh, what he kind of showed at the end of the season, capped off by that uh, perfect performance against Western Michigan. Earlier this week, we were talking about the 3,000-yard mark, just once the last nine years. Is that a fair goal for Zach this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the sky's the limit for him and, and uh, for our offense. I think more than anything that the production needs to come, 
um, you know, from the offense from that position. So uh, regardless of who it is, I mean, I know you guys are focused on one guy getting 3,000, but um, that position, the quarterback position, has to be more of a factor for us this year. And, and we think we have some good targets for them to throw to, and we have a good line that can protect, and we have backs and tight ends that, that, that uh, can, you know, can catch the ball too. So we have uh, athletes everywhere that they can catch the ball, and, and we just need the quarterback to be efficient and, and uh, be a little bit um, – I'll be a little bit aggressive, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, let him just yes. go to town on it. He's got those attributes, right? Yeah, he does, and he, then they he's all different. do. I mean, he's different mentally, coach. That's that's the impression. He just <clears throat> he's different, and he's got that edge. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm actually really excited about the whole position group. You know, I I've, I love what I've seen from Jaron. Um, we already know Zach, and then I'm, I'm looking forward to the competition and them working together. You know, and um, I like what Joe Crystal brings to the table, and Baylor Romney does as well. So. It's a really good group. Um, I think their coach does a great job, and Aaron Roderick, and I think Grimes is doing a good job at coordinating the offense. So, um, you know, we just got to keep rolling and, and get our depth and, and get our depth better and see what happens. But uh, we're going to compete, and the guys, best guys will play, and, and uh, we'll have to be efficient and get a lot of production from our offense, defense, and special teams. BYU head football coach Kalani Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation. Philosophically, in discussions with Jeff Grimes, it feels like we had him on three times in four weeks or something. <laughs> they visited UC Davis, uh, obviously, to kind of see what they do when they're a juggernaut there in FCS and offense. It feels like there's a, a push towards more high-tempo offense. Is that something we'll see this year? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I just t- told him sky's the limit. I don't really care. And um, well, I do. I just want b- points on the board. And so, um, you know, and I've I've asked uh, the coaches to to coach our personality and our strengths and on, on the team. And I think they're doing a good job of it. I've been really pleased with what I, what I saw from Coach Grimes from the bowl game and that transition to spring ball, even with um, Zach being out for spring. And and I loved what they did as as a group. I mean, we didn't see a lot of it in the uh, spring scrimmage, but um, from what I saw in all 15 practices, I've been really pleased. And the way the PRPs are going right now, I'm really excited about it too. Even though coaches aren't, no, we're not supposed to know anything of that. I just <laughs> this is reports coming back from the players, so it's all compliant with the NCAA. Of course, player-run practices are the PRPs. PRPs, never question. Yes, never question that. All within the rules. We know that. uh, Yeah, you want to stay within the rules, and you're big on protecting Lavelle's house. So let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, all that we can muster up (laughs) to give to you to protect Lavelle's house this year. Good, tough schedule this year at home. Let's do it. And and and, you know we have goals, and we put them out there. And um, I think that uh, that's something that we have to see every day, and that we have to. Uh, you know, try to get to. So we have goals and, and love to meet them. Well, we know you're working hard. Hopefully you get some vacation time with Timberly and your kids and uh, you can get away for a little bit. But uh, great to have you in Nashville, man. Appreciate it, guys. Go Cougs. Thanks, Kalani. Love Go Cougs. Okay, we, coming up, we wrap up things from Nashville. A rise and shout out to some elite Tennessee locals on the way. BYU Sports Nation wraps up our two-hour special on a Saturday from Mount Juliet, Tennessee, right after this. Kalani's got to go up there and dance. Busy. Shout out to today's guests in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Just outside of Nashville, Trevor Maddich, Mark Pope, Zach Wilson, Elise Flake, Zane Anderson, TJ Hawes, Brenna Chase, and most recently, the head football coach, Kalani Sitake. It was loaded. What a lineup. And what a day. It's been great. A little, uh, little overcast now. Cool down a little bit for everybody out here. It's been really fun. Really fun. It's not a show, however, completely, until we do Dennis this. Pitta? 
Countdown Hit it. to the youth. 103. 103 days away. We have a sign back here with 103. We have a couple of fantastic signs, including one that says our Rocky Top is bigger. <laughs> Why Mountain? <laughs> Indeed. Today's rise and shout to the Nashville Alumni Chapter. Yeah, done thank an you. Incredible to job. Everyone involved. BYU Athletic Marketing, yes. everyone on our crew that made uh, really just uh, a long journey out here. It's been really fun. It takes a lot of people to do this. And th again, this is east of the Mississippi. Tell me how many teams east of the Mississippi are going to show up in the West and have a huge reception like this of alumni. There are some, but it's not a long list. Oh. And, and this is unique, and it's awesome, and it's really fun. Thanks for the invite. We're super happy to have been here, and we learned a lot from chatting with our guests. Sure. Good to have Zach Wilson a month out from being 100% because guess sure. what? He's the most important piece of a big puzzle that is BYU football. No question. Our elite voice of the day from at CNick49, Connor Nickel tweets in, Kairos Tonga is as classy as they come. Had fun chatting with him today, and I was totally starstruck. He's a man of the people, giving water bottles awesome. to people that need hydration. He's great. Kairos, he's, great. Is, he's a big deal. He's a big he's deal. He's a big boy. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN. No time for Dennis Bittasar. <laughs> not in a two-hour special? What? Right. I guess not. You can always find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout out to the Tennessee native Dennis Simmons. Yeah, Dennis Simmons, man. 96. BYU Sports Station back at it on Monday, noon Eastern. Go Cougs! Yeehaw!